Hello and welcome to Hope for the Introvert. If you've ever wondered how an introvert temperament can be compatible with leadership, then you're in the right place. Join us as we chat with introverts who are leaders and influencers in their various fields. They talk about the challenges they face, as well as the ways they feel their temperament has contributed to their success. Our host is Ben Welk, an introverted leader himself, working as a program manager in the Information Security Office at the Rochester Institute of Technology. He's also leader of the Society for Technical Communication and a member of the EDUCALS Higher Education Information Security Council Awareness and Training Working Group. You can contact Ben at ben at hopefortheintrovert.com or on Twitter at Hope Introvert. Support Hope for the Introvert on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com slash hope for the introvert. Joining us today is Victoria Lozniansky. Victoria Lozniansky teaches introverted entrepreneurs and business professionals how to overcome their fear of public speaking and become confident, compelling, captivating speakers. After moving to the U.S. two decades ago with limited English, Victoria overcame her crippling fear of public speaking to build several businesses, teach in a variety of industries, and speak in front of small and large audiences. She appeared on Fox News and has been featured in numerous publications, including CBS Houston and Biz West Media. Taking her own experiences going from scared to sought-after speaker, Victoria created the Brilliant Speakers Academy, an online public speaking coaching program for introverts. She also owns Nutty Scientists of Houston, a passion project about inspiring kids to fall in love with science. Victoria holds a Master of Science in Computer Science and is currently completing a Master of Arts degree in Communications and Media Technologies. She lives in Houston with her husband and two sons. You can contact Victoria at victoria at byvictoriaL.com. I encourage our listeners to visit hopefortheintrovert.com where you'll find complete show notes, including a transcript. Hi, Victoria. Hi, Ben. Welcome to the Hope for the Introvert podcast. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Me too. I'm very excited to come here. Awesome. Can you tell us about your business and your background? You have a couple of businesses. Why don't you talk about those and talk to us about what your workplace is like? Yes, I am in this unique position where I do have two businesses that are as different as you can imagine. One of them is Nutty Scientists of Houston, which is a franchise that I've owned for the last six or seven years. And this business is really all about inspiring kids to fall in love with science. I'm not as much hands-on in it as I was in the beginning, but it's still business that takes pretty much probably half of my time and I have a physical space. So it is a local brick and mortar business where we go to schools all over Houston to do enrichment programs. And also we have all kinds of programs in our space right here in Houston. So that's one of my businesses. And my second business is public speaking coaching. I coach students. I created Brilliant Speakers Academy program, and I work with 
my audience from all over the world, teaching them how to become a better public speaker, specifically focusing on introverts and how we as introverts can overcome our fear of public speaking. That's fascinating. And it almost feels more of a calling type thing. I know that my passion about hope for the introvert and speaking and mentoring introverted leaders is really born out of a desire to make a difference for them. What has driven you to pursue this introverted public speaking coaching path? You know, Ben, this is such a good question. And you're so right. It is a passion driven business. I obviously have been an introvert all of my life. I'm as introverted as you can imagine. And I've been terrified, absolutely terrified of public speaking growing up. And I was, I had a lot of traumatic experiences and I was able to overcome my fear of public speaking. I was able to go in front of audiences of any size and not just be this confident, competent speaker, but actually enjoy it and transform, impact, and bring joy, educate, inspire my audiences. So I had this full-blown transformation from being somebody very much afraid and not wanting to be in front of a microphone ever to somebody who truly enjoys being in front of an audience. All of this while still being an introvert and not liking being the center of attention in any way or form. And a lot of people come up to me after I do training or I speak somewhere. They come up to me and they say, oh, you are so wonderful. You are this natural speaker. And that made me think, you know, if somebody like myself, who was really bad with this, who was really scared, really didn't want to do it, is able to go through this full transformation and have people believe that I'm a natural at this, then everybody else can do it too. And so my Brilliant Speakers Academy program was born out of this desire to share my experience, my systems, my framework, and teach everybody else how to go from being really, really, really scared and uncomfortable to actually loving being in front of an audience and being good at it. Yeah, it's a very, very cool thing. And I know our next episode, we'll spend more time talking about what you actually do as this public speaking coach. I know my own speaking path, how nervous and how absolutely terrible I think I probably was when I initially started speaking. But it's become so, I don't know, habitual now or much more natural where I have become used to being in front of larger groups. I've had conversations with a friend and she talks about how you see people at one point in time and you assume that they're always have been like that. And I think I look back at that in terms of leadership. I look back at that in terms of public speaking ability or wherever I am on that path at this point in time. But I know that people who heard me 10 years ago probably would be surprised that that's me speaking today. I know. There were many opportunities that I turned down, found someone else to speak because I didn't want to be 
in front of a large group. But it's kind of amazing how that has moved forward over the years. Since we're going to spend a good chunk of our next episode talking about that aspect of your business, and it sounds like it's going to be all ingrained with your whole life travel, life journey, I guess would be a better term for it. But what's the passion for the science part of things? Because that is very different. Still sounds like a very exciting thing to be doing, to be going into different schools. What led you into that? I feel like we're going down two totally different paths, but I know they're going to intertwine again. So what led you into that? I'm a mom. I have two kids right now who are 13 and nine. And when I started my business, my kids were very, very little. And, and I've been an entrepreneur pretty much most of my adult life. I am actually building my fourth business right now. So I've had several businesses and my background is in IT. It's actually not science. It's informational technologies. And my first business was developing websites and building software. But as my career progressed, I found myself working in the educational environment. I was actually managing all of the software development for Harris County Department of Education. And so I found myself as a mom and at the same time working in the education field. And I was looking to start a new business. I was looking to invest my time and energy into something that would make me not just happy and fulfilled, but also challenged. And at the same time, I wanted something that will be interesting for my kids as well. And so as all of those things came together, I had an idea to start, build the franchise. It is a franchise uh, that I purchased and I built it from scratch. And right now, Nutty Scientist of Houston franchise is a number one franchise in the United States among all other Nutty Scientist franchises. So I built it from zero to being number one. And it definitely was and still is a passion project, as everybody knows, even if you're not in education, even if you, you don't know anything about science, everybody understands, everybody knows how important science is for the kids. Because a lot of kids go through school not truly understanding science and being interested in it because it's so theoretical a lot of times in a lot of schools where schools don't have time to time or money to invest into hands-on and really inspiring kids. You know, it's all about tests, as everybody knows. And a lot of kids just don't like it. Where? Because they don't, they've, nobody ever made them interested in it. And it's very, very important, I think, for the next generation to truly believe that science is exciting. And this is what my business is all about. It's inspiring kids to fall in love with science. It's not making them all scientists, of course not, but it's showing them that science is not just about tests and the boring information that they may be getting from school and that's why they don't like it. Science could be really exciting and could be really a way to change the world and their future. And so in our little way, by doing enrichment classes, by doing camps, by doing science birthday parties, I feel like we are contributing to that cause. Yeah, that's really awesome. 
And I'm at Rochester Institute of Technology, and there's been such a focus. There's always been a focus on STEM disciplines here. But there seems to be, obviously, there's a much larger focus in society in general, in the U.S. especially, around the STEM disciplines. One thing that's interesting that RIT is doing and our current president is really I don't know if he's groundbreaking here, but he's leading the path here is making sure there's also an arts component with that as well. Mm -hmm. But it's not just around the science things, but it's also the number of students we have who come in, who have passions in acting and the arts and music and making sure that they have outlets for that and opportunities as well. So I am interested in my apologies because I didn't ask you this ahead of time at all. What are your thoughts around these STEM disciplines, science, and still involving the arts? It's so funny that you ask that because just this summer, we had a couple of camps that instead of STEM camps, we called STEAM camps, S-T-E-A-M, A for art. And we literally combined arts and science. We had, and by the way, what, what I forgot to mention is that my business primarily deals with ages four through 12. So we work with younger kids. And our camps, we actually partnered with an arts company. And we had a camp where we did some science. And every day kids were doing art. And then we had another camp where we partnered with a drummer company where we did science and combined it with performance. So that camp was really groundbreaking in a way that nobody in the community has ever done that, where for half the camp kids were doing science experiments and learning about science. And then for the second half of the camp, they were acting out, writing their script, creating all the sets, and incorporating science and science experiments that they learned earlier from us into their performance, and then combining both in the performance for the parents. So that camp was a huge hit, and kids absolutely loved it because they were able to not just purely focus on science and, you know, it's all fun, but also integrate it with something else that's very exciting and makes it a lot more applicable and a lot more fun for them. So I thought incorporating science into trauma and add an art component to that as well is really an interesting way to go for the kids who are interested in both science and arts. Another thing that's kind of been sweeping, I don't say society, but a lot of the professions over the last couple of years has to do with the use of story to communicate information. And this sounds like such a clear example of mm -hmm. how to, you can really influence things both ways with it but how to communicate science through story, in a sense. And even science being part of the story that you're presenting. Right, right. And that's actually how we run our enrichment classes. Class may have a theme of, I don't know, sharks. The whole class is about sharks. And we don't just go like, well, sharks are this or sharks are that, right? We make it, we actually weave a story into this. And this is how... Sharks are born, and this is what happens, and their parents do this, and little sharks get abandoned, and la la la. Oh, I mean, there is a whole bunch of information that you can just present as information, 
or you can create stories out of it and then incorporate science experiments. And then by the end of the class, kids get a really full picture of that one topic that we're trying to cover. Yeah, that's a very, very cool thing. The thing that I think that really makes it funny is that Houston Astros have this thing about Baby Shark, right? I have to let you on a secret. I am not a baseball fan. Or a football fan, for that matter. (laughs) So I don't know. No, no. I just remember seeing something about it. And the baby shark thing rings true because we have a grandson who absolutely loves all baby shark thing. So that's why I'm laughing. It's just funny that it would. It's Houston. It's just a funny thing. I think it just shows how much some of this just permeates through culture at different levels. Yes, very true. You've been a serial entrepreneur, I guess is one way to look at it. And you're not the first guest that I've had who's built a string of businesses and who's an introvert. How did being an introvert affect how you've been an entrepreneur? I think as an introvert or as introverts, we have this one big strength. And that strength is ability to focus and reflect, ability to look inside ourselves and really think things through. I really think that introverts do make some of the best entrepreneurs because as we love to focus, as we love to think, as we love to reflect, we are able to truly shape our business in the best way possible and also mentally prepare for unexpected, you know, for any struggles we may have, for any challenges we may have. I think as, in, as introverts, it's, it's a strength. And most of the introverts, or pretty much all of the introverts have it. And I think the misconception is, is that extroverts make better business people because they tend to like to be the center of attention, right? That they, they like to be in the spotlight. They like to go out there and interact. But the reality is, as much as we don't like to go out there, when we do, we truly nail it. And I think it's also our ability to have really meaningful conversations whenever we meet with somebody. Even when you are doing a sales presentation, as an entrepreneur, you, you are constantly selling, right? Even when you're doing a sales presentation, as an introvert, you really focus on the needs and on, on the benefits of your client. You take the focus off of you and put it on your client. And we're going to talk a lot more about it when we speak about public speaking, speaking in public. I think as introverts, this is really for our strength is to be able to truly have a meaningful conversation with another person and make it about the other person. And that makes sales a lot easier for introverts. And this could be not something that other people talk about, but I truly feel this way. Yeah, I think the consultative aspect, it's consultative sales, absolutely. I think many of us think about sales as just the numbers game, the cold calling thing of it, which is a piece of it, which I'm not sure anyone really enjoys that piece. 
But the consultative part and the whole introvert strength you're talking about, about this ability to engage and listen to the other person and not necessarily be racing ahead, thinking, what am I going to say next? Or, you know, what am I going to say? And that ability to listen is really important. It's a bit challenging when we're doing this podcast because I am thinking, what's the next thing that I'm going to ask you about? But I think that introvert strength of being able to listen and reflect back is really key in engaging and building, really building customers and clients and relationships in general. Absolutely. And, and of course, we're not talking about today's conversation is not about sales at all. But I just have to mention it. If you, as, as you said, if you are, as an introvert, really use that strength and make every sales call or sales meeting into the, cons- how you call it, consultative sales call, you're going to have so much success. And I speak from my own experience because Unfortunately, I, I still do uh, some sales calls, some cold calling, which, as you said, nobody likes. I'm not looking forward to it and I outsource as much of it as I can, but I'm still, I've still done a good share of it and I built my business because I was able to take every single cold call and make it about them, make it about benefiting the client that I'm calling versus let me sell you on my stuff. And I think it's very, very important. And I think as introverts, we are equipped with dealing with this and we just should use it more and train ourselves to use this strength more is listen and reflect back and focus on the other person. Yeah, I think that's really great. And I look at I mean, I've worked as a consultant. I currently, I'm well, I kind of am. I've always worked as a consultant, and it's always been about providing solutions, but it's not providing solutions I'm coming with or package solutions. It's understanding and really doing that analysis also of what does the client or what does the customer need and building a solution that meets that. And I do think the analytical abilities, I think, can transcend whether it's introvert or extrovert, but I do think it's that ability to stay engaged in the conversation and to build the relationship and build the trust is really, really important in this. Yes, absolutely. Do you have recommendations for introverts who would want to become, we'll break this into this two-part bifurcation here, Do you have recommendations for introverts who are interested in building businesses? And I don't mean in the numbers game, but more, I guess, who feel like they want to do something on their own. They don't want to necessarily just have a job with a company or something. They've got a passion for something. They have a belief in something. What recommendations would you have for an individual who wants to explore their own path and maybe that path is being an entrepreneur i definitely thought about it a lot in the last couple of decades because of being a serial entrepreneur and also being in the corporate world from time to time 
And as somebody who really doesn't like to be in the corporate world and working for somebody, as somebody who was clearly born to be an entrepreneur, I, I had to give it a lot of thought of not only do I want to start my own business because the answer was always yes, but also what do I want to do? And so as advice to anybody who feels restless at their workspace, who feels that they're wasting their life, maybe, because I know I had those thoughts when I was in the corporate that I'm wasting my life, that I am asleep and I need to wake up and do something that I'm passionate about. I think my biggest advice is to look inside yourself and decide if there is something that you are so passionate about, that you believe in so much that you will be willing to take a risk for. Because building a business is always a risk. And I'm not saying that, oh, I'm so passionate about this or that. I'm going to quit my job tomorrow because Victoria said you need to be a risk taker. No. You can be a careful risk taker. You can stay um, in your job for a while until you build your business to the extent where you can quit your job, because that's exactly what I did. I already purchased Nati Scientist franchise, but I was still working full time. I knew that I can't leave my job and start the business from scratch, because obviously when you're starting brand new business, you're not making any money for the first little while. I wanted to jump into business and start making money from day one. And the only way to do that was to build a foundation for that business while still working. So for anybody who feels a little restless and they feel like, okay, I want to start a business, what I recommend is start a business. Do not do anything crazy. Stay at your job. Start a business. Do little steps. Become really organized about your time. What I did when I already purchased Natty Scientist, but I still was at my job, every lunch hour, I would go to my car, I would sit in my car, and I would be making sales calls, cold calling, sales calls for my business, trying to set up things three, four, five months down the road so that I could eventually quit my job. And so when I did leave my job, and I did that, I did that during lunch hour, every single lunch hour, for real, for month, I was doing that. Evenings, weekends, you have to find something that you're truly passionate about or it's not going to work. It's not going to hold you. Um, it, it has to be something you can't live without. But once you do all of this work and you feel that you're ready, then you can quit my job. So when I quit my job... I was literally making money from day one in my business because I prepared all of the foundation. I did all the sales that I needed. I went into my business full time and I never looked back. You, and, and, and I think you, there are two things here. You need to find something that you're really passionate about, but you also want to find something that you're really good at. And a lot of times what people do is they take their work skills and use them for their new business. So it's kind of like an intersection of what you're good at, or maybe not even good, but great at. Or it's maybe something that you don't even realize you're so good at, but everybody tells you, my goodness, you're so great at this. And you're like, isn't everybody great at this? Like people would come to me with public speaking and saying, you're a natural. And that's when I got that idea that, 
wow, I'm not a natural, but to people I do look natural now, which means I can teach this because I know how I did this. I can teach it. So you look inside yourself. And again, as an introvert, we'll love to reflect. We'll love to be inside our head. So go inside your head, turn everything off and look and see what are you great at? What you think you are good at, but you, everybody else thinks you are amazing and what you're passionate about and take little baby steps. Yeah, that's the other thing. That's what I'm really hearing from you is people are passionate about things. People may be good at things, but they have to take the, they have to build the foundation. And there's a lot of discipline involved in terms of finding that time outside of your normal work time to be able to build these things or to do these side hustles, I guess is the more popular term now, initially, and maybe those grow into something. Right. And, and if you do it for a little while, and after a few months, you realize, you know what, nah, I really love the security of my job. Well, it's okay. Then you just stay at your job. But most likely you will realize that you're going to feel it. It's going to be totally like an intuition, a feeling that I am on the right path. I am doing what I was meant to be doing. And then after taking, after building foundation, after doing everything that you need to do, after preparing both financially and logistically, you will be able to step into the life of, of an entrepreneur. And not everybody wants it. Not everybody can do it. But until you try, you won't know. No, it sounds like wise counsel. (laughs) Thanks, Victoria. This has been a really fun conversation. And I love your passion and also the ability to couple that discipline with that passion. I think that's the really key part of this. So I'm really looking forward to our next segment where we're going to talk about public speaking and introverts, which many people just think that makes absolutely no sense. But let's see how that goes. It'll be a fun segment. Thank you so much, Ben. Thank you for joining us today on Hope for the Introvert. We hope you feel inspired and encouraged by today's discussion. You can find out more about introverted leadership and this podcast at hopefortheintrovert.com. And if you have any questions or comments on what you've heard, Ben would love to hear from you. Contact him at ben at hopefortheintrovert.com or on Twitter at hopeintrovert. And join us next time. Support Hope for the Introvert on Patreon. You'll love the rewards. From a discount on merchandise to joining the online community of introverted leaders like you, there's something for everyone. You could even join Ben as a guest on the podcast. We appreciate your support. You can find us at patreon.com slash hope for the introvert.